Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Healing Embodied podcast. For anyone who listens to the show regularly, you will already recognize that I am not Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea is the one who usually leads this podcast, but this is Sarah. I'm actually taking over today to interview a client who is very, very near and dear to my heart, who has agreed to share her experience with us. Um, For anyone who doesn't know who I am, like I said, I'm Sarah. I'm the lead body-mind integration expert at Healing Embodied. I work alongside of Chelsea. I am her co-coach. I do a lot of the embodiment sessions for our group program. Um, If you have messaged us on Instagram, you probably talked to me and didn't even know you were talking to me. So I am very, very excited to be here today um, and introduce you to Francisca, who is a longtime client of ours. Francisca, thank you so, so much for being here today. So good to see you. Hi there. I'm really, really happy and excited to do this interview and chat with you. So excited. How about, um, Francisca, just to start, can you give the listeners kind of the brief rundown of how you found Healing Embodied, kind of how you came into our space, just a little bit about who you are, how you found us, and then we'll talk more about the actual work itself. Yes, of course. It was actually through Instagram um, that I've seen a video from Chelsea, and it felt so good to yeah, to to the content she shared, a lot of her reels, uh, yeah, her humorous side, it, it just felt so good. And yeah, that's how I started following you on, on Instagram. And then I also listened to your YouTube channel. And I started with uh, my first course, like, I guess it's almost two and a half, uh, one and a half years ago um I did the safety within chorus and then the luscious love group and then also an individual session package with you Sarah do you remember Francisco when you started following us and how long it was until you decided to jump in and do safety within it was about four months I guess I would say I was following you and I was listening to to the shows and it was so funny because I remember that I went with therapy and um, talk therapy and on the way home I listened to a podcast of yours and it was so funny because it was one that you did the YouTube on the YouTube channel and you said like okay this is we chat about the things, but this is not the actual work. You you have to do it in person and together. And I can remember that I was thinking like, yeah, but let's better do it on my own. I can do it. I had so much energy, so much. Yeah, I want to do it everything, reading all the self-help health books, using all the content. 
And yeah, for the beginning, it, it, I just took in the information that it feel good in my body to know that I'm not alone. But yeah, it took some time to to jump in and, and start the work. And it was actually when you did some promo on the Safety Within course that I gave it a try. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. So you listened for a little while and just kind of absorbed mm -hmm. all the content, kind of absorbed like what the heck is this stuff about? And then it was a couple months in that that you really said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this yes. a try and started the self-study program. Yes. As I was trying it out back then, my anxiety was so, so, so damn high. And it was so difficult to um stay with the body. And what was also difficult was that I was feeling some groundedness, but then the anxiety came back even in even harder, trying to convince me. And that was hard for me to, to keep on practicing because it was such a vulnerable space. And that's why I loved getting into the group program, having some other women going being there with me and having somebody to chat with and see other people in the process because it is it is difficult to to change pattern. I'm curious about yeah that jump from the self study to the group program to the individual and just like what was the initiator like what made you want to make those changes? I'm also curious about even a little bit further back like that that moment when you did decide to jump into safety within, like, why did you feel that there was a need for mm -hmm. the body work? Like you said, you started with just absorbing the content, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then there was this need for, okay, I need to start taking this into my body. Can you kind of talk me through like those moments? Yeah, I guess I've always been someone who's really, really analytical and has a great awareness and like people were saying like all the time wow you have such a good awareness and you can just um, see so much stuff and I I did a lot of therapy like talk therapy tried different different things and um, I I was never familiar with my body and when anxiety was getting worse and worse it crashed my my life because the thing that I was so used to to depend like on my on my head on my analyzing it wasn't working I couldn't understand myself and that was the most horrible thing and I was so afraid to come into my body because I could really see that all that I learned in talking therapy the only coping strategy that I had was like contouring my thoughts with other thoughts but then I was so overwhelmed at a time that it it didn't work out anymore. I wanted to search for a way to get this crazy thoughts, this living hell that I was in to stop. And actually out of desperation, I just said, okay, let's try this, this body stuff <laughs> and see if that works for me. And, and it did, but it first was really, 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 really scary because I could in that moment, I could really see how far away I am from my body and how it scares me to, to have sensations in my body. And that all the time my mind was jumping in and like analyzing or wanting feelings to go away, wanting to sit in the in the driver's seat and not give up to 
yeah, it's control. You said like, I was just desperate for this, like Mm -hmm. living hell that I was in to stop. Can you talk a little bit about what, like, what was that living hell? Like, what were you experiencing before this work? Yeah, I am with my husband now since almost eight years. And we got married like three and a half years ago. And I was always, since the beginning, I was feeling a deep connection with him. And I was enjoying life so much with him. And I was longing so deeply to have a safe connection, like somebody who stays. And at the same time, I was afraid of it. And I could not. I was really thinking black and white. And that's why it scared me. And I was trying to avoid anything that would give me the feeling that my relationship could could break up or like could be wrong and because it was as I just said I'm so analytical but I'm, I was also really analyzing myself all the time and my feelings and that's when the honeymoon phase was changing I was so confused and afraid it was like a, a, a lose of control because my feelings were changing and I and I just wanted to change my feelings back to have the reassurance, the butterflies in my stomach that everything is is all right. And all of my coping strategies from that I learned early on came came to life. I like let my partner decide everything. I always knew that it was important for me to have to have a partner and um and I always thought like that's the most important thing and it was like the only thing that mattered. And I really lost connection to to other things because I was so afraid that I would then lose my partner because of the fear of feeling joy for other things because I needed the reassurance of my feelings. And that's what made my, my life so small. It made life so small and myself so sad because I wanted to be with my partner, but the way I was deciding on that and acting on that was coming so strict and there were so many emotions and I couldn't understand them and I I just wanted them to go all away and change them for other emotions and um, that's when I when I realized that I have to first of all learn how to be with emotions and not be so afraid of them and that's what I absolutely learned through healing embodied to um, to tolerate emotions. And it was fucking hard in the beginning to see that I could not tolerate emotions at all. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah. No, Francisca, you're describing something so beautifully that we I've experienced and we see it so much with our clients is this kind of like backwards loop that we get stuck in with anxiety where like for you, you were so focused on, I need to do everything in my power to make sure that this relationship never ends. Like my relationship is everything. I need to put everything I have into this. My partner gets to decide everything. I like totally disconnecting from your own hobbies, your own sense of self, right? It's all funneled into, I need to make sure I maintain this connection with my husband 
But in doing all of those things, what ended up happening was you actually felt disconnected from your husband, right? We work so hard to avoid something happening. And in actively trying to avoid that thing, we actually create that thing. That's kind of the like backwards cycle of anxiety here. And it's really hard. I remember it so well from our work together. It's really scary to do the opposite of what your brain Mm -hmm. is screaming at you to do, right? Like it's so hard to actually say, okay, I'm going to take the focus off of my husband and my relationship for a moment and look at myself and what's coming up for me. Cause your brain is screaming at you. If you do that, what's going to happen? You're going to lose your partner. Yeah. And it was so fucking hard because all of the fears arise when you try to change a pattern. And like one of the, I I had so much awareness, but I had so, I was so analyzing everything and I was searching for like this one thing that I have to heal and then everything will fall into place. And it was so by analyzing it all the time, all the time. And that's what I love so much about the work with healing and body that it was like, I don't say like, like in talk therapy, I learned like naming my emotions. I feel fear. And it was like in healing embodied, I said, I was there and was like, how does your fear look like? And it was so beautiful in the group. I could really see that fear is not fear. Like for some, some people, it's like a hiding for others. It's this, um, yeah, shaky panicking, like doing everything really fast. And that was so, I, I remember that you always showed that it was like, for you, it was like, you were moving so fast. And for me, it was like hiding. And that's, that was so into my body all the time that I felt when I feel fear and that's how I could first of all understand what fear was like for me that was this hiding and from making this posture of hiding then only then I could understand what I need and it was this opening up that was so something really different from from just awareness like just knowing you need to open up but having this body experience, like showing with your body how your fear feels, how the the anxiety feels, and then moving from there what what you like need. And yeah, that that's also that's that's a progress. And I, I just have a simple um, example from from my life that that was like for me, it was I said just I gave my partner all of the decisions because I was so afraid of him being disappointed. I was so afraid of asking for my needs and I didn't know that. And it was just how I went through life always. And it was just I I moved with him because of his work situation. I moved with him and I was feeling so embarrassed that I was unhappy there. I had a husband who was working all day and I was not happy because I couldn't socialize. I, had, I didn't have my friends nearby. We were living in a small village in a big house and I was unhappy and I was putting so much shame on myself because I thought all I ever wanted was just a husband and a marriage and that's all I ever wanted and I was so confused why I was not happy but I couldn't take the step and talk to him or even realize for myself that I have to say I need I I really need and want this marriage and you and I have other needs 
And could you meet my needs by moving with me to another town close to my friends? Because I was so afraid that he would be disappointed that I would not be his dream wife when I'm that easy. And like what you just said, I had so much resentment against him all the time. And I couldn't feel connection at all because I was shaming myself for feeling that way. And underneath that, I was shaming him and being so resentful against him because in my reality, it was like he he was the one who was causing me all of the struggle. But it was, in fact, it was me. And that's what I just discovered through our individual work. Yeah, that's such a good example. And you're really highlighting like your internalized beliefs was if I just have the perfect relationship, like if I just have a husband, if I have my dream husband and I'm the dream wife, then life will just feel good and easy. I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. We won't have challenges. I won't experience pain. Like the relationship will save me from the human experience mm -hmm. basically. Right. And so many people have that internalized belief. And then when you are in an actual complex, messy human relationship with another imperfect person, and you still feel challenges or the expectations that you have, the shoulds you have in your mind don't line up with reality. It was, it was like earth shattering for you. It was yeah. really hard to to not feel that shame. You talked about shame. There was, yeah, that layer of shame of like, I must be doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I'm in the wrong relationship. And then it was the layer of shame and, and the resentment towards your husband, right? Your anxiety just projected it all onto him that, you know, if I'm feeling unhappy, it's his fault, right? When there was actually so much more living beneath that. Yeah, and there was also all the time so much pain in that because I was so afraid that this would all mean that I have to leave him. And this yeah. thought all the time, it was causing so much pain. I was, yeah, I was so sad all the time that I thought I have to, I have to leave him and I didn't want to leave him. But it's so funny that our brain doesn't say, I could stay, I just have to learn how to speak out my needs. No, it was just speaking out my needs. It wasn't really in, in my awareness at all that this would be the problem. I It, it took me years and it took me healing and body to, to, to realize that this was one of the, of the problems, you know. It's not normally we think it's just we can analyze everything and everything makes sense. And in my experience, It was so releasing that it's not that rational that one leads to the other, but it is just how your body receives it, how your body works. And that's different for, for any, everybody. So it doesn't make sense to compare myself to a friend who is really happy to just have her husband and live somewhere and only have her husband. And she's happy and compare myself to her because she's a whole other person. and. It doesn't mean like she's the better wife. That's what I was thinking. Like she's the better wife. And I, my poor husband, he has me. Um, wow. Hello, shame. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, your poor husband. He's just stuck with you. There's so much painful comparison in there. Something you're bringing up that I really love is um, 
how you said, like, it's funny that your brain doesn't just say like, oh, you could be happy, just voice your needs, right? Your brain was really going into all of these horrible, like, what if scenarios Mm -hmm. about you, your future and what it means and all of that. And I want to talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit because I think it's really important and valuable. And one reason that that happens is because our brain, the human brain really is just wired to see threat more than safety. That is what has allowed humans to be alive on this planet for as long as we've been alive, because we can see threats where some other species don't like squirrels, right? Like squirrels don't see the threat. Mm -hmm. They just run into the road and die. Humans are wired to see threat Mm -hmm. more than safety. So part of it is just kind of how the brain is wired. But the other part here where the body really comes in is that The thoughts we have, they're a direct reflection of our nervous system state. So your nervous system, when you were having all of these thoughts of like, am I a bad wife? Oh, my poor husband, he's just stuck with me. I'm not happy. I must be doing something wrong. Maybe this is his fault. Why is it like this? Why is this happening? When you were having these really painful thoughts, what was going on in your nervous system? Were you in a state of like Zen, calm, safety? No, not at all. It was, it was pure panic and it really everything was turning around I was it was horror yeah (laughs) exactly your body was your nervous system was so dysregulated and in a state of fight or flight sometimes it was freeze um it was so dysregulated so your thoughts were reflecting that they were firing from that nervous system state and you said something earlier about how like your only tool up until involving the body was just to try and change your thoughts right and you probably Mm -hmm. had a little bit of success with that you probably had little moments of being able to shift your thoughts but your nervous system was still in a state of panic so the thoughts just circled back and they just got worse which made your nervous system more panicked which made your thoughts worse which made you more panicked which made your thoughts worse right and it was Mm -hmm. really when you started learning how to regulate the nervous system and feel a little bit more of a sense of safety in your body that your thoughts had a chance to actually start shifting you interrupted that cycle which allowed different thoughts to start surfacing that's so true because it I really went into a rabbit hole and now I'm grateful for that because otherwise I wouldn't have learned all that I've learned but in that moment it was pure horror and it was really got getting so worse that I couldn't sleep at all because my nervous system was so dysregulated and my brain was shattering all the time that I would would literally wake up after 10 minutes and and I couldn't sleep I I really I couldn't fall asleep because my my nervous system was so activated and my brain was so active because I it thought like it has all the responsibility to save me from such a big threat and in fact it was only giving me more panic and panic with this kind of thoughts and it's yeah it makes so much sense to yeah to to calm the body down and it's so amazing to see really it's it's a wonder to see how the the thoughts change when the body is another in another state when the nervous system is in another state I had some for example I had some pretty big exams um two weeks ago and when I was afraid there I I would stop like being thinking about the stuff but I would go into my body and connect with my body and it was so fascinating back then to see 
how the worry stopped simply by changing something in my body and not the thought but in the body and it's, it's such a powerful work that you guys do you also um you were kind of talking about some some resistance you noticed during this work and I want to come back to that in just a moment I just want to highlight one more thing you said that was just so beautiful a couple minutes ago you were talking about the group work and how we would like okay, show me your fear, right? So talk therapy, it was, I'm feeling fear. You were acknowledging the emotion you felt. And then in this work, we started to actually say, okay, show it to me. Let me see your fear, try it on. And people listening to this podcast, you can't see us, but we, we were both moving as Francisco was saying that. She was kind of like curling herself into a ball, bringing her fists towards her chest, kind of scrunching her face and dropping it down. And I was sitting up really straight and kind of trembling and shaking. My eyes are really big. I'm looking around. I'm doing it right now. Francisca's smiling, watching me. <laughs> and what you're, what you're reflecting, Francisca, is the immense power of embodiment to deepen the experience. So language is so limited. So I can say, I'm feeling fear. You can say, I'm feeling fear. Someone hearing that is going to assume that we're having the mm -hmm. same experience. But when you start to look at it, Francisca's embodiment of fear is so different than mine. And if she goes into this tight, scrunched little ball, and then we explore, okay, what does your body need from here? You said it earlier, you needed to like find a safe way to open and to start to lift your chin and open your chest and drop your hands mm -hmm. down. My embodiment of fear was really strong and rigid and frantic and looking around. And, uh, what do I need here? Do I just need to open up? No, that's actually making it worse as I'm doing <laughs> right now. I need to find ways to like slow down and find softening and find some ooey gooey movement and maybe like drop down into my pelvis a little bit more. So what our bodies need is actually so different. And you can't possibly know that just from staying in the language of I feel fear. Yes. I mean, there are like some concepts like when you feel this, then do that. And that never fitted for me because it was another kind of fear. And what you just said, other people will assume that when someone says, I have, I'm feeling fearful, that it feels the same way as it does for them. And you can, you can see it through, through the body or like in our work, always the reaction, like we, we did some, some work with some adjectives, like being open or self-confident and it was so funny because I was resisting that so much because in my my body was like oh mm. I was holding up the air and it was like I don't want to be that because for me it sounded like it is arrogant it is arrogant to to do that and um yeah that that also showed like the the power of words and finding your own words and your own expression together is so empowering because everyone is unique and every nervous system is unique and in that way you learn what you need and that's what's so empowering because I was working a long time with you and it was really something that helped me so much because it empowered me to be my own therapist yeah it really helped me to deal with things other than just having someone to talk with when there is something but it is so empowering to really get intimate with myself with my body with 
the words that I love with the you gave you gave me myself back <laughs> wow that makes me feel so emotional to hear that yeah, I appreciate you saying that <sighs> yeah I want to hear more about that what kind of happened during this work um before that can you talk a little bit about what what hesitations did you have any hesitations before working with us before doing the embodiment work what what hesitations came up around that yeah of course uh, a big fear was of being the exception that it wouldn't work because i was trying out so much and i was so afraid of just being the outsider again that it doesn't work like i'm doomed um that's a big belief that i always had like i'm I'm doomed by it. it was also difficult to accept the great love that I lack that my husband and I have because it was such a belief I'm doomed and everything will show that to me it will work out for others but but not for me and of course I always shared like it was the biggest fear to find out that it that it might be true that I have to leave because that was driving me crazy that was keeping me up all night that I have to leave that I I can't decide and I was so afraid to find out that this might be true that's those are two of the biggest hesitations we hear from people who are coming into our world is fear of being the exception what if I'm the one who's different what if you know yes it's worked for hundreds of people I'm hearing these people say all these things but what if it doesn't work for me and the what if I find out something terrible in doing this work? And I, I know what me or Chelsea or Mariana would say if someone was coming to us with that fear and that hesitation. But I'm curious to hear from you since you since you felt that and worked through that. If someone was sharing that hesitation with you, what what would you say to them? I I actually have a friend that has these hesitations right at the moment. And I can really see or what I what I feel like I'm I want to say to her and I say to her is like the fact that you're worrying so much says that it's important to you. When you're so afraid to find out something about yourself, there will be waiting a beautiful experience for you that you don't have to be so afraid of yourself. And I know that this is so damn scary. I was so afraid to meet myself. I, I said to a friend of mine, what if I don't like myself? And I, I am so afraid that I don't like myself. I'm so afraid that I'm actually am all that I don't want to be. It's not like that. It's not like that. You say you don't want to be these things, but when you change your relationship to these things, it's not that you automatically are the those things you don't want to be, but by accepting them, you get so much more freedom and can choose the things that are important for you. Like, I want to be someone who works on on my relationship to share acts of love and I want to do it out of freedom and not out of shame. It it makes me emotional this question to hear like how do you you don't know what's what's coming up I can just encourage everyone that you are not the exception and I can see that this is a really really common fear but it's so beautiful and empowering to to come back home to yourself and it's worth everything and you won't nothing will be ripped away from you that's something that Mariana always said to me when I was in such pain and grief and 
and I was crying and I was saying like, I'm so afraid that my love for my husband will be ripped away from me because I'm so confused. It's changing. I'm, I'm not sure of it. Do I love him enough? And she was like saying, nothing will be ripped away from you. And that was something so calming that when you do this work, of course, you're shedding layers, but nothing will be ripped away. You, you, you decide in which pace you go and nothing will be ripped away. It's just a way of giving you the, the, the opportunity to have a choice. You can choose what what can go and what what stays that's so powerful and that's such a beautiful shift there like this work is not we're not taking anything away from you it's we're guiding you and reconnecting with yourself you said that earlier like this this work gave you yourself back because these things these fears these things you're talking about the shame the worry the anxiety those aren't those aren't you those are not you yeah. that's not the core of who you are it's just either emotions or ways of being protective mechanisms that are attempting to keep you safe but we're not we're not taking anything away from you we're just guiding you back to yourself and that part you're talking about of like I was essentially afraid of myself. Like, what if I don't like myself? What if I don't like the person that I am? If I reconnect with myself, that sounds like nice on paper, but what if I do that and I don't like who I am? And that's that's the voice of shame, right? That's shame whispering. Yeah. You're saying you are an inherently bad person or parts of you are bad or wrong or unworthy. And if you do this work, you're going to find them and you're going to find that out. But that shame, that's not you. The worries, you you named all of the, like, the fact that you're worrying about this actually shows that you care. And we, we talk with clients about that a lot in the beginning of, yes, there's this part of you that's so deeply afraid. There's also a part of you that wants this change, that wants this growth, that wants the healing, that wants to fight through this. If, if you didn't have that part, you would not be talking to me, to a stranger on the internet right now, you would not mm -hmm. be following our account. You know, if you didn't have that part, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. So it's a lot of how can we start to hear that part, hear the voice of that part mm -hmm. a little bit more than we hear the shame and the worry. Yeah, when you're so afraid of change, it's actually anxiety is so afraid of change. You always assume that change will be worse. And that's what's happening automatically. And it also comes up for me right now that when you are doing this work, you learn that this is not your true self. But then you think like, what is my true self? Because you feel a distance from your true self. And it's like, I don't even, you think, I don't even know. And that's what I want to say to everybody. You always think, I don't even know. And she will be so different. She's not so different. Different is the way you you live because you're not you're having more freedom but you will not be a totally different person you will just give yourself space and you can really trust that you are a good person and that you will not be totally different than you ever thought it's just the the heavy stuff like stones that are on you that this will just the weight just gets off and you you have way to to breathe and it's not I can really feel that if anybody listens to that who is so afraid to meet themselves, I I can I can really feel you. And I was just just want to encourage you to to believe 
that you are near to yourself, even if you feel like you you lost yourself, you you never really lost yourself. And some days you you don't see it, you just have to trust. And that wasn't the process when I was working with you. Some some days, sometimes I I could just trust you. And I, I couldn't believe it from rationally. I couldn't believe you sometimes, but I chose to trust you because I had no other choice. And it was so good <laughs> to trust you. I remember those days very well. I, I, a lot of my job is not, I don't want people to be reliant on me, right? Like this work is guiding you back to yourself. And there are days where the, the trust in yourself is just so diminished. And I remember saying to you like, just trust me, just like, mm -hmm. you can't trust yourself. Just trust me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, I don't make promises a lot in this work, but I promise it's not going to be this way forever. Just trust. Yeah. Me. Uh, yeah. And fear is kicking in when you learn something new and all of the work that you have to do and that you do is so, yeah, it's so uncomfortable that of course fear are getting in and are like really critical. Is this even working? I don't know this this sounds like it's not true and it it finds sneaky ways to 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 even destroy the trust you need to do to step into doing this work and this trust will anxiety will try to to interrupt and destroy this trust too that's why you you need to stay strong some days or some days lean on others to to keep going because you need to step out of anxiety to see that it is anxiety and to to deal with it and I, it was also an important step like what we were doing like when I was so desperate I wanted to change it right in this moment I would do everything I was I'm so ambitious and I was like tell me and I would just work 12 hours on it all the time And you always said like, no, we're not, we're not working against something. First, we need to tolerate it, to accept it, and then we can change it. Because otherwise you just find ways to run away from it and it will grow. The fear will grow because it was something big and just learn to be with it. So it gets smaller and more tolerable. And then we can look at it when we're not in panic. And this was the hardest and the most encouraging thing that we went through Sarah <laughs> oh yes that is a huge part of this work and it's one of the hardest parts I mean so many people come into this work just wanting the formula like just tell me what to do to change how I'm feeling how I feel sucks so tell me what to do to change it or show me what to do to change it and so much of it is okay stop trying to change it so that we can learn how to regulate it. And then we're changing it from a place of peace and calm and ease and empowerment and trust versus trying to change it from a place of fear and urgency and shame. Shame and fear are terrible motivators. Um, love mm -hmm. and courage and yeah. trust are wonderful motivators. And we can only shift our relationship to an emotional experience when we're willing to be in that emotional experience. And that's, I think, a big part of why having support in this is helpful because you're so spot on. I mean, doing that is so freaking hard, right? It's mm -hmm. so hard to just feel the discomfort and move with the discomfort and lean into the unknown mm -hmm. without just trying to change it. You really need someone to be there with you saying, I've got you. 
you're safe. You're still safe. I'm right here. You're doing great. Keep being with it. Keep feeling that. Keep leaning mm-hmm. in. You really need that that external support until we can develop our internal supports and trust. Yes, because actually, basically, anxiety is like running away, desperately running for your life, running away, and you can you have to stop running away, and you wouldn't run if you wouldn't be so afraid of that. I was running because I was thinking I couldn't handle it. That would be the most terrible thing. That's why I was running, 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 running all the time. And you can't just, you can't just stop and say, okay, I'm not afraid of you. I won't stop running because then it will always have this fear response in your body and you will, it will have the same strategies, the same pathways that you always did. And they always end up like being running or fighting and then running, but it's always the same that you're too afraid and you give your power to to the anxiety and feel small. <laughs> and that's what you, you can't do it on your own because if you could, you would not run all the time. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you've identified a couple of things like the, um, the fear of what you'll find out, the, the difficulty with just feeling the discomfort, difficulty trusting in the work sometimes, what other resistance did you notice while doing this work? What came up for you along the way that was difficult? Some days it was definitely practicing because you really have to go into the patterns and they they are so, you're so used to them. It's like widening this window of tolerance, doing this work all the time. That was some days, it was really difficult to to maintain this this practice and and keep on and really all of the journey was a journey of getting the power back and the, taking the responsibility in my hands and that was some days it was it was hard to take the responsibility to to change and that often was with resisting the urges of the old patterns and then being compassionate when i act in old patterns and that being too too much of a perfectionist because of course out of all of this pain you you really have so much energy to do everything in your power and you won't do it perfect and that's also something that I in my eyes healing is like giving yourself freedom giving yourself space and this is also a way of giving yourself space that you give yourself the allowance to not always be perfect. This is something too that is healing because it widens the bubble of the space you give yourself. It's my favorite movement and my favorite picture to have the space because anxiety was always like crumbling. It was crumbling down, keeping myself small. And that's so freeing for me to now have this opposite and valuing the space that I that I long for and that is my responsibility to take the space and create the space yeah and that I think I I definitely remember resistance coming up even just in taking up the space right you kind of mentioned Mm -hmm. this earlier Um, I don't remember exactly what you said but there was a lot of resistance to actually taking the focus off of your partner and off of your marriage, Mm -hmm. actually looking at, okay, what's, you know, what's going on in your own body and your own life? How can we actually foster this sense of empowerment, the sense of 
independence, the sense of autonomy. There was a lot of fear and resistance around what would happen if you did that. I, I knew that it was important to me that I wanted this marriage and I was like, this is the most important thing and nothing else mattered. And I was so afraid that if I would, yeah, I would care for myself better, I wouldn't need him that much. And then there would be a change in our relationship and I would lose him. I would lose him because when something changes, it will change for the worse. And that's why I thought I would lose him. And that's actually the point where I stopped my previous therapy. The therapist was trying to, to work with me on taking care of myself. And I just said to him, I don't care to take care of myself. I'm so afraid that my marriage will break up. That's why I can't sleep. And that's the problem that I have. And I don't want to take care of myself. And that then he responded, then maybe you're at the wrong place here because I can only help you to take care of yourself. And actually that is true, but it was, there was no compassion. He couldn't really understand and get me why I was so afraid because I was in a rabbit hole. I was in this hole of anxiety where it gets so big and bigger and bigger that the thoughts get darker, 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 the nervous system more dysregulated. And then it gets so black and white, like I don't want to take care of myself. It would mean we would break up. And yeah, so much shame in there that I never had before this black and white in this extreme. But in that moment, when you're so dysregulated, it gets to this extreme point. Absolutely. I mean, that's the, the anxious brain is black and white, right? It's this, that, good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no, that there is no room for nuance. And, you know, talk therapy absolutely has a wonderful place in this world. And what can happen is it can keep us stuck in the black and white thinking, whereas bringing the body in can invite more nuance and complexity and really looking at the both and and the in-between there. Like, okay, there's this on the one side, there's, I just want to take care of my relationship. On the other side, there's, I, I can't take care of myself, but what's everything that's in, in the middle there and what's underneath both of those sides. Yeah. I'm curious. And I also felt, and I also felt so responsible. That's what I always said to you, like, but I'm responsible for my husband. It would be selfish to now take care of myself. And he always said, like, take care of yourself first but I could see him suffer too in this in this time and that's what made it so difficult to really choose myself to really choose to put my energy on myself and not on just the relationship yeah so how did you work through that resistance because that came up quite a bit in in our work mm -hmm. right? that I hear what this other therapist was saying of like well I I can only help you take care of yourself you're the one sitting here you know I, I'm I'm only here to help you um so if you can't do that then we can't do this work I hear that however how did you how did you do that how did we do that how did you work through that resistance it was really the fact that I had no energy left, that I was so much in pain that I would do everything to just stay alive because it was actually, it was really life-threatening for me. And it got 
better from moment to moment where I made the experience that nothing bad happened if I take care of myself. There was a lot of resistance and a lot of pain. It doesn't felt comfortable in the beginning. I could really feel like it was beneficial because I felt the shame uh, around taking care of myself the fear that I would then lose him, all of the thoughts coming up, like when you take care of yourself, you don't need him anymore, don't do that, it's dangerous to take care of yourself. And that was really painful. And that was what helped me was really hearing again and again and again and again from you, from my husband, from other people, that it was okay. And taking little steps since my body can accept that it is okay. It was like, I could rationally know it, but there was a fear response and it took practice to stop this fear response that is still there because it's so ingrained. I still feel it some days and it's okay. I try to tolerate it. I try to be compassionate to it, but it it, it goes deep because of course it wasn't such an extreme because it is so, so deep and it was really helpful to to have you and also the the girls and the group to always share share there and really doing these little steps and listening listening I was my husband always says like okay can you just for a moment stop assuming what I think or whatever and just listen to me just listen to me and then I I wanted to interrupt him all the time and say like, no, no, but it's like this, it's like this. And he was like, no, trust me, trust me, trust me. And he was asking for my whole attention because he could, he knew that while he was talking to me, my brain would make a whole different story out of it. That's why he was always catching my attention again. Are you still listening, listening, listen, like really like with a child to, to stay there and not follow the thought patterns and listen that there is another option than the one you always have in mind. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, you were able to really start. So you took like itty bitty little baby steps, right? You you taking care of yourself, air quotes here, didn't start with like, go on a two week girls trip and don't talk to your husband at all, right? It started with like, can I just make myself a cup of tea? And just sit here with this tea. Mm-hmm. Just be here for five minutes first, right? It started really small. So you gave your your nervous system a chance to build yeah. that tolerance, really build up your window of tolerance instead of going zero to a hundred, yeah. right? You started yeah. small. Um, yeah, and- my my body was so in panic. And I remember like I was crying so much and I was like, no, I just want to fix this problem. And like you said, just do me a favor and eat a chocolate and just enjoy it. Or Mariana saying like, you haven't eaten all day. Could you just cook yourself a quick meal? Because I would prefer sitting in my bed, ruminating another three hours, than stand up and and nourish my body and give it just just something to eat. It was this, this choices that you, you don't think you do something for your relationship because you think it's better to ruminate, but it's actually better to really stand up, go on a walk, eat something, do all this basic stuff that nourishes you, that gives you gives you energy, and that this is actually self-care. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is that doing those things actually did kind of the opposite of what you were afraid of. Your mind was so afraid that if I take care of myself, I'll 
grow apart from my husband. I won't need him anymore. I won't love him anymore. I won't like who I am. He won't like who I am. All these horrible things are going to happen. And what actually happened was you started taking care of yourself and that actually allowed you to show up more in the relationship. You were actually able to start seeing him for who he is, hearing what he was saying instead of what your mind was distorting his thought, his experience into you actually taking care of yourself actually allowed you to be present in the relationship. Yeah. And it also changed some relationship patterns because I thought I was in this extreme too, because he was, he loves to take care. It's like his love language to take care. And I would think like I would, wouldn't need his love if I would take care for myself. And in the beginning, it was like scary for him too, but he knew that he wanted this change too. And he was getting really comfortable with it too like when I was taking care of my of of myself and it was so funny because it created another kind of connection because it's it's a great act it's like his love language to take care but you really fast have this caretaker child dynamic that we fell into and that I didn't felt comfortable and when I was getting more empowered I was afraid because there was was a was a shift he was never like talking to me like like to a child but it was his way of expressing his love but he he found other ways and it's so funny because he now he also enjoys it a lot to don't feel so much responsibility for myself he loves it that I take more and more care for myself and sometimes I fall into this pattern that I want to hide with him and but I name it and I say like okay I feel like I'm going on this pattern again I would it be okay if I just take two hours off and do the complete opposite and then and then come back and it's so empowering because I made the experience that it is not something that destroyed my relationship but it gave freedom and space to our relationship because if it's not a must to take the responsibility, you can choose it. Yeah, that's another thing people get so worried about going back to that fear of like, what if I do this work and my and I find out that my relationship has to end or I'm so afraid that I'm going to do this and the relationship is going to end. And often what actually happens is that a pattern in your relationship, that's what ends. A pattern that's no longer serving you. Like this kind of, parent child caretaker like he takes care of you that kind of one directional pattern worked for a little while it felt you know it's what he was used to it felt good for you because it allowed you to feel like you never would risk disappointing him it worked for a little while then it wasn't working anymore and by doing this work your relationship didn't end, but this no longer helpful pattern, that's what shifted. And I say that to clients a lot, like, can you be open to maybe it's just a pattern that's ending, not your whole relationship, not your life, not yourself, just a pattern that is no longer serving. Yes, that's true. It's just, it's just a pattern. You think in the big context, you always think about, is this the right person or are we compatible compatible or um is this a good match but it's just like it's a lot of patterns and yeah and everyone has like what I was ruminating so much is this toxic is this toxic when we have this dynamic this one dynamic that isn't healthy and is this unhealthy I I don't think that there is a relationship that is 100% healthy only there are always patterns and there's always something 
to work on and yeah that's why you why you do the work why you because you are finding the ways that you behave automatically and the you create ways to shift like like I did for myself in my in my parent with my emotions and in my parents with my partner it's all changeable and it is scary to change and it is empowering to change <laughs> absolutely you've talked about this a little bit already but I want to kind of bring it in a bit more specifically can you talk through like what were some of the most impactful things that you learned or experienced while doing this work or in our work together what were just like two or three things that really stuck out to you the most important thing is not that somebody else understands what i'm feeling or going through but that i understand myself because the automatic patterns always do like i want to change that i i don't like this about myself i don't like that emotion i don't, don't like that behavior and it was like shame driven that i have to change it and what i've learned through this work is that I benefit so much more when I don't try to change it, but try to understand it. And nobody else has to understand it. But I am learning how my emotions work, how my body works, what my body needs and what moments. And I'm exploring that on a journey and finding out about that and not asking anybody outside for permission like I always did before. That was one of the, the things that I didn't knew how how at all to do it this and through the body expressions like I, I said this example like I learned to understand my subconscious I learned to understand my body my emotions and from that place I am now learning what I need in each moment or situation yeah I'm just gonna jump in real quick before you go on to the next one that's so beautiful I to me what it sounds like is learning how to be curious about your own experience. Mm -hmm. like, curiosity was so... Your favorite word. <laughs> my favorite. Oh, you know I love it. You know I love it. I should get it tattooed on me somewhere. Um, yes. <laughs> but curiosity was so scary for you initially, right? Yeah, because I hated it. I hated it. When you were no, just like, just be curious about the sensation about that. And I was like, no, Sarah, I'm here to fix this and that and that and that. Just give me the formula. I want to have this fixed and not be curious. I'm not here for adventure because I'm here because I have real problems. Yes. Like, fuck you and your curiosity, Sarah. <laughs> you yeah. shove, it, shove it somewhere. Yes. But... Curiosity is so scary when shame and fear is the, the primary things you're experiencing because it's telling you, don't be curious. You're going to find out something terrible. Yeah. Just, and then yeah. exactly saying, don't do it. Just fix it. Just fix it and don't go yeah. there. Right. And you, you learn through this work. I'm, this is like, so <laughs> oh, this is warming my heart so much because it's just taking me back in time. And I just, I love our work together so much. Um, you learn how to be curious and like one, what the hell that even means. And two, that it's not going to kill you and that the change can come from that place. Like if you can get curious and start to notice, huh, what's going on there that empowers you to create the shifts versus just tell me how to fix it. Oh, yes. I love that. Yes. And also what I learned is not to put too much meaning on emotions. 
because I did this a lot and I benefited from that a lot too because when I had some some positive emotions that I liked I was like hyped and I was like Sarah I'm feeling this and that and it's so cool to celebrate but you also always taught me like okay because I was so I want to know find out if it is right with my partner or if it is not and when I had a face like oh my god that feels so good I can now enjoy it from another place than back then because I was like going like a pendulum on both sides and extremes and um, I learned to not be in this extremes like extreme pessimistic but also not extreme hyper excited and putting too much meaning on positive sensations like okay it is wonderful And I don't need to attach too much meaning to that too, because this meaning making is something that I really needed to, to interrupt this pattern to always think like it means something. Yeah. That's so true. And we often don't think about the damage that meaning making of pleasant emotions can cause Mm -hmm. experience of like, oh, I'm feeling joy. That must mean that I really love my husband. That's, that's a, a pleasant experience that feels good. We don't mind believing that, but what that does is it opens room for when the joy goes away. When you Yes, have, yes uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It leaves the room for, well, then this must mean that I really don't. Right. And that just breeds more confusion. And that's what I learned. Like, oh my God, this is cool. I'm feeling excited and I can enjoy it because I know this too will pass. And <laughs> put too much meaning on that and that is something freeing because I know I decided I chose my husband not out of only this happy emotions but it's more rooted it's more rooted and that feels freeing for me to not be so depending on emotions so a big point was to to understand emotions and understand how to be with them and work with them, take in the information, but not overrate it, not let it make all the decisions for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Your your choice to be with your husband wasn't was no longer dependent on just what am I feeling in the moment, right? The, yeah. The fickle changing emotions of life. It was it was rooted in something much deeper than that. I'm curious how like with shifting away from meaning making and just into experiencing your emotions, how did the body and embodiment work? How did that help you with that? It helped me to when in the moment when it comes up, like for example, I was recognizing that I'm annoyed by my husband. I was feeling like, and I was just witnessing, okay, what is happening there? And then I could see, okay, the problem is not that I'm annoyed, but that there might be a meaning making about being annoyed that gives my my body a sense of alarm and then work with the body. And I could really see that it is a practice because my body was really stuck and it took really some practice and time in that moment to signal to my body that it is safe in this experience that I recognize that I'm annoyed by my partner. And it was really slow movements of opening opening up and uh, moving past the resistance to move, to not judge, not meaning make, but okay, let's process this by moving. <laughs> yeah, and also I, I have some, some key movements that I learned with you, like 
some postures that signal to my body a that I'm safe or that I can be empowered that the choice is mine that or even boundaries like getting some space like baby Yoda light around me that says like okay that gives me some some space and work also with imagery like uh, not only move but also images that work for me the whole sense is like essential oils or stuff that it's not only that I make myself comfortable by doing a practice but some stuff that is body focused like it could also be a walk or drinking a cup of tea whatever I need in this moment just seeing that there are days where the alarm goes off a lot that's mostly when I'm stressed when I don't have a lot of sleep when when I'm near my period and then resist the urge to meaning make and taking this as a signal that my body needs more information more data that it is safe and doing whatever it needs like if it is rest if it's practicing if it's whatever it is yeah you develop like a full safety toolbox which sometimes is just an essential oil a cup of tea going for a walk Sometimes it's a posture or a gesture. Sometimes it's a full movement practice, right? You have this whole toolbox that you can draw from. Yeah, it sounds like using the body let you actually experience emotions for what they are instead of what the mind is making them out to be. Yeah. I mean, the mind's whole job is to assign meaning to things. That is what the mind does. It, it assigns meaning in order to understand and categorize things in the world. Whereas the body is what actually experiences the emotion, right? Emotion, mm -hmm. it's just energy in motion. It can be boiled down to sound, breath, and sensation and movement, right? Whereas the mind places all the meaning and with that example you're using of like, oh, I'm feeling annoyed with my husband. Something he's doing is annoying me or something he's saying is annoying me, or I just feel annoyed with my husband. Annoyance is, it's not a pleasant experience. I don't think anybody is like, oh, this is pleasurable in my body. It's kind of an <laughs> unpleasant experience, but it's just an emotion. It, that's all it is. It's yeah. just emotion. The thing yeah. that creates the suffering is when your mind says, well, you shouldn't be annoyed with him. Why are you annoyed with him? That must yeah. mean you really love him. That must mean that he's not the right partner for you. That must mean blah, 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 blah. that's where all the mm -hmm. suffering comes in. So it's a huge shift for you. Yeah, it is. It, it's actually, I took this example because uh, like uh, uh, last week I said to my husband, like, oh my God, I'm annoyed by you and I feel safe in it. I don't feel panicked. It's so great. Yeah. You're getting on my nerves and I love it. I love it. I was so happy in that moment because I was um, experiencing this change that I was feeling like annoyed. And I was like, wait a second, it's okay for me to be annoyed. There is no panic there. And then I went to him and just said in his face, like, you're so annoying and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I adore that so much. Like, thank you for annoying me and giving me this experience of seeing that I've grown. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that kind of brings me to one of my last questions here, which is, I mean, you've been doing this work for a while now. You've been doing it for a while and it's been a little while now since you've been actually like actively doing sessions and chat support and whatnot. 
Can you talk a bit about how are you continuing to implement this work in your life today? We we talk about this all the time. This is this is life work, right? This is not just mm-hmm. a do it for a couple of weeks and then it's it's fixed, you're cured, you'll never have to do it again. It's we're teaching you life skills, how to actually mm-hmm. incorporate embodiment into your life. So how does it show up for you? How do you still implement it today? From the basic, it's like taking care of the basic things, like getting enough sleep, getting good food, drinking enough, looking for this stuff, because it really is fundamental. And it is fundamental for my nervous system to work well. And it's such a difference. And then, like I said, in this moment, I I keep watching on the reactions in my body and I try to, everything that I meet, I try to accept it first, learn to tolerate it, then move from there. And um, I also like to rewatch some of our sessions, the group sessions. From time to time, it depends on what what I need, but it is sometimes it's the best self-care. I do it when I'm happy, like to anchor in there or when I'm so overwhelmed and I love it because I'm so comfortable and so used to you and uh, Chelsea and just hearing the your voice it gives me connects me back to to the trust that is in there in my body and it is I'm so grateful for that so and also the like I mentioned the safety within videos that I really appreciate because they are short and um, yeah I, I sometimes use them before going to bed or in the morning. I, I had it like today, I was overwhelmed because I was starting with studying again and I felt some some kind of overwhelmed and I, it basically was really what I just shared. It was like, okay, not running away. I was, I, I recognized, okay, I want to crawl in my bed and just go under my blanket and disappear. And I was breathing and saying like, okay, it's difficult. And it was difficult to confront it. Like, okay, I can tolerate it. I can tolerate the discomfort that is there, the fear of having this this stuff to this whole mountain that I have to study right now. Yeah, and then just just move a little. I, I also love stretching and yeah, just just incorporating my my body and taking this information and not going too far because I can really see that sometimes when I'm or already my window of tolerance is really narrow, but I I have this pattern of wanting to try to push through. It's like an old shame story. Like, yeah, just just keep going because otherwise it would mean that you're not healed enough or it would mean that you're not good enough. But seeing, okay, it I, I and everyone else benefits if I just don't let it come that far as it was and just taking the time and whatever I need to nourish myself. That's so beautiful and such a shift from where you were a year year (laughs) ago such a big shift something I really appreciate that you're speaking to is that it doesn't it doesn't look the same every single day it's not like I have a 30 minute movement practice every single morning when I wake Mm -hmm. up sometimes it's just making sure I get a good amount of sleep sometimes it's doing a full embodiment practice, watching a whole video. Sometimes it's a five minute clip from safety within. Sometimes it's just stretching. Sometimes it's just, hmm, what am I feeling right now? And just tuning into that. It really shifts and evolves. And that's, I think, such a benefit of this work is you really do build that like 
full toolbox and you get to know Mm -hmm. yourself and what you need any given day, any given moment, you can pull whatever tool you need, depending on what's going on. And you also said that you do this work when you're happy, you do it when you're sad, you do it when you're calm, you do it when you're bored. It's, you know, it shows up for you. It's not something you only do when you're overwhelmed. You reach for it regularly in life I I think it's most difficult when I'm happy because that I don't feel like there is no need to it but still in that moment connect to my body to to let my inner child know that this is happening right now and that I can tolerate the happiness because that also is like a practice it's it's hard to be in your body when you're feeling like pure joy or love or yeah and also be there and just move like the the pattern is always rigidity and that's what I learned like can I just move when I'm alone just let there be some movement and just see whatever that movement is anything before we start wrapping up is there anything else you want to share about your journey anything you would say to anyone considering this work any just last comments you want to share I just want to encourage everyone what I already said that's what I think is most important that every one of us has insecurities and fears that we are the exception that there's something wrong with us and it is so meaningful to open up and have this giving yourself the chance to to heal and through and with with other people and you deserve it you deserve it I mean it's expensive you have to pay money for it but you you deserve this one-on-one time or this group time this this attention to be seen and witnessed and reflected because you can't you can't get it's not your responsibility to heal everything on yourself and get out of it because you need other people for that you need other point of views it's so healing (laughs) yeah and just don't worry that you you're in any way strange because the human experience is so strange and we all are strange and um you don't have to be perfect and don't be sh- be ashamed of yourself no matter what you're going through no matter what you're thinking what you're experiencing what you're feeling there's no reason to to minimize your worth or be ashamed of yourself just open up and trust <laughs> and so. i love feeling embodied really i i'm so grateful that i or i yeah like i said i was doing the car stuff and then also having the the opportunity to get a one-on-one with you like working for four months with regular sessions and works of support that was so essentially for me to to have this full focus i'm so grateful you you took your time and your love and that i could learn from you Mm, cool the feeling is so mutual we love you too i love you too francis <laughs> our work is it's just been so meaningful like i said in the very beginning you're so near and dear to my heart and always will be and i'm just so grateful that we got to work together and i'm so grateful that you were willing to come here today and share your experience with us yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you and for anyone <laughs> anyone listening if anything Francisca is sharing resonates with you if you are interested in learning more about healing embodied about what we do if you're interested in working with us I would definitely encourage you to check out the show notes I will have some things linked there of the various ways that you can work with us if this if her story is resonating with you and you want to take the dive and jump in, 
definitely encourage you to do that. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions. And Francisca, thank you so much again. Thank you all. Thank you, Sarah.